Hello everybody, this is Chris from CSS Tricks with video screencast number 35, where as promised we are going to get back into jQuery. That was pretty popular last time, a lot, I think a lot of people appreciated that simple look of just how to get started with jQuery at all. So um, <clears throat> let me pop open the project folder I've gone for this, it's a really simple project, there's an HTML file in there a style.css file, and then a folder we have set up to keep all our JavaScript stuff in. The file, the folder's called JS, and it's just got uh, a fresh copy of jQuery 1.2.6 in there, which is the current one at the time of this screencast. So in the last screen, screenshot we, we, or screencast, we dealt with downloading it and all that stuff. Uh, I'll pop open those, the index and CSS file for these two things. Uh, uh, this is where we left off before. I'll pop up in the web browser too so you can see it. This is basically where we left off before. We were, we made three buttons and they did three things. We, uh, you know, simple setup here. It links to a CSS file. It links to our, you know, first things first. It links to, to the jQuery library. And then we have a, some script set up where we, we wrote functions for each of the three buttons that did three different things. And this is the markup for the page, pretty simple. There's a header section and a little menu section and some content. So let's review what those buttons did. Uh, button number one, it shrank the size of the website. Remember uh, uh, the, a list item with a class of action one, when clicked, activates this function and it looks for a, uh, a page element with an ID of page wrap and it animates the width of it to 300 pixels. So let's reload the page and activate it, and it animated that page down to 300 pixels. Pretty simple stuff, but pretty cool effect, huh? And then the next one we did is it looked for all paragraph elements, and it used toggle. And what toggle does by default is toggles the display value. So I'll reload. This is a paragraph element on the page. You can look down here in the markup. It's a paragraph element. And this is another paragraph element, but the display value is set to none. So when I press this button, it's going to toggle the display value of both those paragraph elements, and it's going to show one and hide the other. So just click in this button. Uh, uh, hello, goodbye. Simple stuff. And then the third button, it, this whole tan area up here is the header div, and we clicked it, and it says slide up is the, is the action that we gave that function. We clicked it, and it just slide up and went away. So that's where we left off before. Now let's get started. We're still going to call it Intro to jQuery because we're still going to keep with pretty basic stuff, but we're going to expand. We can do do a few smarter things, just you know, expand our repertoire a little bit. First of all, instead of using slide up, we can, why don't we use slide toggle right here, which is another built-in function, <clears throat> which is kind of neat that it remembers what it was like before and toggles the opposite value. So now instead of just closing it, we can open it and close it with the same thing. So right there we have kind of a little slider drawer. I'm sure all you designers out there can come up with some pretty cool things to put in a drawer, you know. Uh, okay, and then let's change the, see, remember action number one shrinks our website, but what if we want to toggle that back and forth? Well, you can't toggle the animate function per se, but what we can do is kind of remember, use a variable to remember if our page is wide or narrow state, and then write an if-then statement to kind of, to you know, have the effect of toggling, basically. So, in the start of our JavaScript, let's make a new variable called um, page width, and we'll just say it's wide by default. Then, uh, 
when you click this, before we actually just run the animate function, let's check and see if that variable is set to the proper thing. So we'll say that if page width is equal to the value of wide, then do this, then do this function. And we'll end it and we'll save it and we'll come over here and reload it. And it should just work anyway. It's not going to toggle it, but it, because it is wide. This is a true statement, so this is going to run. So no problem there, but <clears throat> we'll say that otherwise we want to do something else. And we're going to use the same exact function that we wrote, but we wanted to expand this area back out to 550 where we started. But even that's not going to work. I'll reload it and I'll keep pressing it. And that's not going to do anything because this wide value, this, the value of this variable that we set up page width never changes. So we're going to do two things. If the page width is wide and it animates to narrow, let's just set the, uh, the value of this page width <clears throat> down to narrow. That way, the next time if I click on it, it's not going to equal wide, so the else statement is going to trigger, and it's going to and it's going to toggle it back up to uh, to wide. So it's kind of the effect of toggling with a simple if else statement. And then it, <clears throat> if we animate it back larger, we'll set it back. So let's save it and reload it. And I think what we should have there is basically a working toggle statement small wide small wide so a simple if else statement with a variable pretty simple stuff there uh, we'll continue in a sec alright so let's make a brand new function and use a brand new jQuery thing that I haven't yet shown you guys so we'll copy and make another list item here that's called action number four and we'll give it, it a different unique class so if I reload this we'll get another button over here and then we'll copy our basic structure and say that okay so this jQuery object with a, a, a jQuery set really with a list item with a class name of action-4 when I click it it's gonna do something and we're not gonna do this we're gonna do something brand new and what that thing is going to be is we're going to use the load function, which is, you know, when you think of Ajax on the web, you think of uh, being able to dynamically grab content from somewhere else and add it, you know, change the page without needing a, a page refresh. So what we're going to do is have it, we're going to set up an area on our page, and let's just put it down here below the content. We're going to call it div with an ID of load area. That's going to be a blank div, so if I reload this page, nothing will change there. But what we're going to do is target that div and load in some content from somewhere else. So what we'll do is we'll make a new file. Let's see. Intro to jQuery, and we're going to call this loadcontent.html. And let's put a paragraph element in there. And then in TextMate here, I can just hit lorem tab and it'll fill with some lorem ipsum text and save it. Now that's not going to load when this page loads, but I want to when I click action 4, I want to go get that HTML file and dump that content down right below here, which is going to be in this div, this load area div. So it's as simple as it's kind of a one-liner in JavaScript, very powerful stuff. 
Uh, we'll target it with jQuery like this, load area, and the command is simply just load, and we give it the file path here, which it's going to be in the, it's in the same file as the index file is in. So we'll say load content.html and end that statement. And assuming I didn't make any errors here, when I click action number four, it should go get that content and chuck it in there, and it did it. Beautiful, right? I mean, that's just a chunk of text, but you know, imagine that's you know, you could that could be your whole about page, and you click about page, and it clicks and loads this up, or it, you know, it adds this content in such a way that you've styled with CSS that there's a whole overlay, and it's a your about page comes up in a modal box, something. But ability to chuck content into the page like that with one little function is very powerful, pretty cool. And remember, what was it? Action two that toggled those display values. You see, it's it's still subject to the rules of the page you know so that's how that works i've used this function recently i had a, a client page where they wanted this auto playing movie on the front page i blogged about this a while ago it was slowing down the load of the page period like the movie was one of the first things to load on the page so it would start and it was big it was like 50 megabytes or something so it was it was slowing down the loading of the rest of the graphics on the page so i wanted to make sure that Every, all the graphics, all the content on the page would load, and then I wanted the movie to pop up in there. So what I did was I ended up using this load thing. But you see how we we have used this uh, when, the, when the DOM is ready thing, which really you can just do this. This is a shortcut for that. Same thing. This is like when the DOM is ready, get all this stuff ready. There is another command that will wait until the whole content, the whole page has loaded before it triggers this stuff. So instead of using when the DOM is ready thing, we use this instead, which is window.bind when it's loaded, fire this stuff. So instead of having uh, 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 this action in here, we could wait till the page is loaded, and we'll get rid of this click action that surrounds it, but just say, fire this off when the when the When the page is done loading. Make sure we're formatted right. Kind of formatting crazy like that. Uh, that line's just too long. Okay, <clears throat> so when I load this, it should look pretty instantaneous. Hmm, what happened there? Let's figure it out. I just had these... Uh, mixed up down here save that and we'll fire it and this gets loaded as soon as the page is loaded it's not very noticeable on this page because there isn't really anything to load it's just a bunch of text and CSS so it's pretty instantaneous but the statement is saying you know wait until the whole page is loaded and then fire off this command so it can be very useful that way you can use any number of of, of of actions to uh, to trigger it. You know, we've been using this click a bunch of times, and then we use this load, you know, wait for the window to load kind of thing down here, but there's other events, you know, there's, uh, for example, there's hover. So that's gonna slide toggle a thing, but uh, on action number three here, now it's just gonna wait for my mouse to hover over that thing. I don't have to wait for to, to click like these two, watch as I just, my mouse goes over it now, it triggers that event. Boom, 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 boom. There's also a callback event for the hover, um, which you kind of use like this. Instead of ending it right there, you put a comma, 
and then function. And you can do a whole different set of things, like basically when the mouse is out, when the mouse is no longer hovering, it does this. I don't really have a good idea for what to do right now, but I'll introduce a different function, uh, a different little troubleshooting thing you can do, JavaScript and jQuery. And that's this console.log. It says the mouse has left. And uh, all right, well, let's just see it. Let's save it. And then we're going to pop open Firebug over here, which is like a JavaScript CSS. I've, I've introduced it before. If you have no idea what Firebug is, go back and watch my intro to Firebug thing. But we can pop open Firebug and open the console tab. Now look as I mouse in and out of this. I'm going to have to reload. Oh, did we screw something up? I'm always screwing stuff up. Hmm. Let me troubleshoot. Hold on. Okay, so just another little syntax error again, of course, I have to finish out this. Finish out this thing. Oh my god. <laughs> there we go. Now reload the page. And you'll see that, so when I hover, it triggers that thing. But when my mouse leaves, it sends this little message down here to the console, which is just kind of like a little troubleshooting step. So. If I was troubleshooting something else somewhere, like why isn't it triggering this if page width is wide? You know, I can I could put another console.log up here and said, you know, page width wide up in here or something. So now I can load it and if I click it, it that if then statement was true, so it made it inside these brackets, and I know that it did because it fired off this command. So that's just another way that you can use and anyway that shows you uh, what a callback event is that the hover provides and yeah pretty slick there so let's cover one more thing while we're at it here though what's it gonna be let me decide alright it's gonna be writing our own function you know we've been using a lot of these built-in functions already which is great but we can write our own we can actually write our own plugins too, which is a little bit different than writing a function. Uh, but I think we're going to save that until the next episode. I don't know if it's going to be the one right after this or if we're going to do something else next week and come back to this. Eventually, we're going to graduate ourselves to intermediate jQuery and start writing a little bit more advanced stuff like writing your own plugin. But for now, let's just write a simple JavaScript function and show you how that can kind of add a little layer of abstraction and save you some time in your code. So let's add a fifth button. List item of the class. Of, and these can be anything. We're, we're, we keep using these just simple buttons just for the sake of brevity, I guess. But <clears throat> literally, this could be any object. You know, I could have this whole paragraph be a, be a button that JavaScript is watching for me to click whatever. But, you know, just for this, just for the sake of this event, we're going to use a normal button like we have been. And let's, you know, copy a simple thing that we've already been using. A list element with a class name of action 5. When you click it, it's going to do something in here. And what we're going to do is write our own function for what we want it to do. So let's write the function first. And the, the syntax is as simple as function. 
And we're just going to call it do stuff. It could be anything. You would never call it something as generic as do stuff. You'd try to describe what this function does. But just for the sake of the screencast, we'll leave it generic like that. It's, you know, it's using semantics in JavaScript is the same in CSS. You want to name things, describe it as literally what it's going to do. So you have some clue when you're reading the code later as to what it does. So that's, that's the syntax for a function, though. And we can just write stuff in there. And it can be jQuery stuff. And we're going to do some things. We're going to look for the H1 element, which is this intro to jQuery up here. And we're going to change the CSS of it. We can do that with jQuery like this. We can say change the color of it to red. Losing control here. Both of those things are in quotes. A lot of the CSS commands are going to be in quotes. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Honestly, it's a little confusing. We'll do another one. So this is already proving why we're going to do it a function. We're going to, we're going to change two things. We're going to target two totally different kinds of elements and change the CSS on them. So we could do that down here where we're going to call this function. But let's say we, we do this all the time. It's a really common set of things that we want to apply to a page. So it abstracts it to the point where I can just, instead of writing each of these things every time, I can just call the function, which is just do stuff. And it's going to go do the things I want it to do. It's adding that level of abstraction. I don't know if I'm explaining that as well as I could be, but uh, maybe it'll make more sense in a minute. So we'll add another thing, and we'll say change the background color to black. So this is one of those scenarios where instead of using background color, I'm pretty sure you can use background color without quotes. But you know, forget it. Just use the real name for the CSS thing and put it in quotes, you know, whatever the real CSS syntax is here. So we'll save it. And then down here where we want to run these two commands, instead of having to run, type out and run those two commands, we'll just type do stuff, do stuff. And the empty brackets are just like, don't pass it any parameters. You can write functions where I can pass it something and it will read it and do stuff to the things that I pass it. We're not going to get into that right now. We'll cover that when we write our own plugin later. But for now, uh, not passing any parameters. Let's just save it. So when I click action five, it's going to do two things. Find the H1 element and make it red and find all anchor elements and make the background color of them black. Oh, look at that. Catching it. Nice. So let's reload and see if it works. We'll click it. There we go, huh? Reload it. Click it. Made the top red <clears throat> and made all the buttons, which are anchor elements, black. So it did two things with one function element. So it, that's that abstraction, just how simple that is. And it calls this function up here. It's only two things, but really this function could be, you know, a hundred line function that does something crazy fancy that I don't even necessarily need to look at. It can be linked to in another JavaScript file. And then it's just a one liner when I need to call it. I just call it do stuff and it, you know, goes and finds this function and does something. So a little more introductory JavaScript there. All kinds of fun stuff. You can see how it's so related to CSS. It uses these same selectors that you're used to using in CSS. It, it, you know, I can change CSS values when certain things happen on the page. I can change CSS values over time with this animation. I can troubleshoot with this console.log thing if I'm having trouble. Uh, there's different events like click and hover, but there's even more. There's you know mouse down, mouse over, mouse out. You know. 
I find that just Googling like jQuery mouse out will always bring up the really pretty nice JavaScript documentation. Like, oh, how does mouse out work again? And they have nice examples of the syntax of how it all works and a little examples of it using. The jQuery documentation is actually pretty nice. So more jQuery. We will get back to more jQuery later. We're going to write our own plugin. And then I think we'll start that next jQuery one with how to use a pre-existing plugin because that's pretty important stuff. There's a ton of plugins out there that just do awesome stuff that why bother writing it yourself? It's already written, you know? I mean, it's good to know about, but believe me, you want to be using plugins. So we'll cover that next time. I think, though, next week, there's a couple of WordPress things that I've been meaning to touch on that I missed in that um, the, pod, the, the series on, on WordPress, some things that uh, 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 I just wanted to cover and didn't have time and thought about it later. So we're going to go back to WordPress next week. So if you don't care about WordPress, you can skip next week. But some cool little tricks, some short stuff that didn't make it into those podcasts that I think you'll like that are, will be good, real tricky stuff. <clears throat> so remember... Um, more tips and tricks throughout the week at css-tricks.com on the web. If you need help, you can use the forums. You can. I have this download section where you can find some of the neater stuff that I've ever done on the blog and download it and modify it, use it for yourself. Commercial purposes, I don't care. So check that stuff out. And this week, the only sponsor I'm going to mention is Vertical Response. You've, you've heard me talk about them the last couple of weeks. They are a service for sending HTML email newsletters. If you you know, have an HTML newsletter that you sent out, send out, or any kind of email, just a text email, anything, you have a mass list of people you want to send to, you really should be using an HTML sending or an email sending service. There's so many reasons why you should, you know, not the least of which is just tracking how many people opened the thing, you know. What about dealing with unsubscribes? Do you want to have an Excel document that every time someone unsubscribes, you have to open it up and find their name and delete it and make sure you don't send it to them next time because it'll be illegal because it's the law to not do that. They deal with all that subscribing and unsubscribing and stuff for you. They have better contacts at they'll make sure they'll do all they can to make sure that your email actually gets delivered to people's inboxes because they they have a people that talk with isps to make sure hey if this email is coming from vertical response don't mark it as spam because we do all this quality spam checking on our side so it's not spam so make sure it gets to inboxes so that's cool but one of the unique newer things that vertical response is doing that I, I'm not, you know, there's other services that do surveys, but, you know, maybe not to this quality, and they do it through email. Surveys, that's the thing they're doing. It's new, it's cool. I'm logged into my free account here. They offer a package. <clears throat> you can test out 100 free responses with the survey from Vertical Response. I just clicked on the surveys, and I'll hit new survey. Let's just quick and go through and see how easy it is to set up a new survey. We'll call it um, Screencast Feedback. Did you like my last screencast? We could start with a blank template or a pre-made thing. Let's check these out, huh? Customer satisfaction, online web. Let's check it out. Looks like you can preview them while it loads here. How did you engage with our customer support? So it, they have all these pre-made ones. Look at how look at how nice that is. There's just a ton of responses. Nicely laid out. 
so that you know presumably would come to say you know there i'm sure there's a a, a website where people could visit this or you can blast it off in an email because email is kind of what vertical response does set it up do an invite only or anonymous pres anonymous participants where they go when they're done doing it all kinds of stuff here so you know check it out maybe one of their templates will work from you or maybe you can set up your own survey you know for this i might ask you know I'd ask, you know, rate on quality to 10, was the sound quality okay? What about the length? Do you want me to slow down? Do you want me to offer these things in different formats? I'd ask questions that are specific to my screencast here. And then probably some text fields about, like, what do you want to see in the future? And definitely, if you have those things for now, I'm not sure if I'll get a survey going before next time, but definitely use the contact form on CSS Tricks if you have some things that you want to hear about for sure send me a message but you know so if you have a survey you want to send it out to a mass of people and get their responses definitely check out vertical response they have a package where you get a hundred of them free so until next week folks nice having you see you later bye